Hey everybody, Eternal Journals is supported by our listeners who are kind enough to support us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash eternaldurtles and all that money uh, goes into paying for our hosting fees to getting karaoke downloads and things like that. So thanks so much if you already are and we hope you will if you want to. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Goley and Phil Blackman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. How about yourself? Um, you know, better than better than yesterday. We recorded uh, in the afternoon yesterday, so you're hearing two days in a row of uh, me and Nate recording, but we've got Phil this time. Dude, I'm, I'm hyped. I have a story from the, the local this past week that I want to share. All right. 
Well, I think that's a good place to start. We could we could introduce that we have a guest tonight who plays at your local as well, Bill. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Do you want me to do the intro? Yes, I'm going to do the intro. With us tonight. It's called a setup. With with us, dude, I, I'm, I don't know, man. Oh, I'm just here to bring the hype. So with us today, we have a very special guest. His name is Chris Benucci. He runs an awesome Magic the Gathering channel on YouTube that is Tabletop Magic, which we need more of. It's called 90s MTG. You should all subscribe. Banoosh, how we doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm really happy to be on the show, Eternal Dirtles. This is awesome. Glad to have you, man. And th- yeah. thanks for the nice intro. Yeah, 90s MTG on YouTube. Check us out. 90s 90, not, not 90s spelled out. Yes. 90SMTG. SMTG, yeah. yeah. I, just, so, I just followed you on Twitter as well, so I'm assuming you're posting stuff there, like when you have new videos and stuff. Yes, it's, absolutely. Twitter's a good way to keep up on what we're up to. Great. It's pretty cool. Like, we'll, one day, uh, Chris just came in with a, a, a GoPro that he just stood up on the table, and none of us knew what was going on. And then he was like, yeah, we have feature matches now. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, while we're while we're uh, telling everybody that uh, they probably stopped right now to follow Chris, we should tell them our uh, Twitter handles too, so that they can follow us while they're following Chris as well. Uh, I'm Dirtle Magus. N underscore R underscore G. At Force of Phil. Chris, do you have a personal Twitter handle? Chess would be my name, Chris Benucci. I'm sure if you follow 90s MTG, you'll find me pretty easily. Yeah. Awesome. I so when you say yeah, when you I say appreciate everything that's happening, <laughs> uh, when you say Chris showed up with the um, with the with the GoPro, I think I first was this. Were you? Would you film it at like Roland's office too? Like at Verizon? Was that? Yeah. So this kind of started by accident. I was at Roland's office for just like a a weeknight hangout where we were playtesting Legacy, or maybe we had a mini tournament. I don't remember. But I had my camera in my bag. And I was like, hey, Roland, you want to do a feature match? <laughs> and, and we recorded it and we put it on Facebook and YouTube and everybody really liked it. So I was like, all right, let's do more of this. And then Zach hosted an event in Brooklyn at Spritzen House and uh, brought the camera for then, too, because me and Roland were talking about like, hey, yeah, let's do that again. That was fun. And it just kind of took a life of its own, I guess. That's awesome. Um, I when I wish <laughs> you guys have been there for it, so maybe you guys. I'm, I've got all the questions because I haven't haven't participated yet. But so you start out with the you know at, at the weekly meetups, right? I, I saw that the first time it was posted in our New York group, and then um, yeah, Zach's thing, and then you've been at, at the Geekery, and it's interesting what what you're doing Game because Storia. Game Story. That's right. Sorry, I can't can't keep up. I'm out of step. Um, so it's it's cool that you're doing this though and, and putting them on YouTube. I mean, a lot of people, myself included, have always thought like, okay, we need to like live stream in order to have a a feature match. But you know, this has been really cool to see it posted the next day, and also the production that you're putting in in terms of, you know, it's, it, we don't have the live commentary, but you've been adding some, you know, I, I like to, I can watch them with the sound off. I guess is the way to put it, right? Yeah, that seems to be almost like an unintentional. Um, part like I didn't intentionally decide to make it a show that you can watch on mute, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? But if that works and that's great for, for, um, people to watch on the train or something, 
great. I mean, you're <laughs> you going to miss all of our great jokes that we tell, but like, yeah. <laughs> I think we do tell a lot of good jokes and, and the banter back and forth between players and just hearing people talk about what they're thinking about. I find it really cool. Yeah, because we when did, you watch we, streams, you only hear the commentators. You can't hear what the players are saying. That's true. And another thing is, uh, I mean, it's just a different sort of experience that can help you in different ways. Like um, the Legacy Pit, which is a group out of uh, uh, suburban Washington, I think they're in Virginia. Um, they do a uh, like the same sort of deal where they, they let the, the players do live commentary while they're playing. And uh, that's, you know, a live stream more than the YouTube thing. It doesn't have the uh, the over the overlay of like what's happening. I'm watching Zach versus Sam Chan right now. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice. I'm watching it with the sound off. <laughs> like, I, I could follow the action, you know. God, um, I can't I even imagine the, the random stuff I was probably saying during that match. Probably right, talking about working at Spurgeon House. <laughs> well, some, something else that I, I have also found when I, I'll watch uh, the videos that Chris posts is uh, not be, Chris will add if you haven't watched any of the videos on 90s MTG yet you'll see that he adds in post essentially just the he'll write out the every time somebody casts a spell so let's say somebody casts ponder he writes out ponder on the screen so like if you're unable to tell which you, you can still see it it's like the video is super clear it's really impressive but he still writes out all of that so it's easier to follow. And uh, what I've done is I'll go back and watch matches of myself playing and like try and see where I made mistakes. It's like going back and watching replays on, on Moto. Um, but what I'll also do is I'll actually watch the videos at two times speed. And Chris's edits make it so like that is like much easier to do. Like you can still follow everything. And it like speeds up the time that, you know, just it gets rid of the dexterity time, you know, like the shuffling time, the um, thinking through cantripping time, which, you know, on video, you can't see what the cards a player is looking at are. And it like makes it so the the videos are actually exciting to watch as, as well while you're thinking through plays. Um, so I would I would recommend uh, the two times speed. I'm currently watching Chris play uh, old school against Kevin Ann at two times speed. That's awesome. <laughs> I think one of the other really great things about this is the, uh, you know, this, this is a, a sort of uh, technology, I guess is the word I want to use, that, like, the common person can pretty much do. You don't have, there's not a lot of setup uh, on, on your end aside from the, uh, the afterwards stuff. You just take this thing uh, and you plop it down the table and it's pretty much ready to go, right? Yeah, I would say it's easy for me as far as filming, but the post-production, if you don't have a beefy computer and and uh, experience working with 360 video, because these are 360 cameras, so I don't know, in case everyone's yeah. not familiar, it's shooting a spherical video rather than a flat video. Um, if you're not experienced with working with that, I'm sure it would slow down um, your editing quite a bit, but fortunately, well, yeah, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from you because I've definitely like um, I, I I've run the stream for our like uh, you know vintage invitational I did that last yeah. January or just December and like I thought I was gonna be able to, like run the stream and do commentary and all this stuff and I was like forget it you guys you got to do the commentary and I set them up with like the camera because I was constantly like changing stuff you know changing people's names and updating life totals and all these things right uh, making sure that things were connected and and that the stream was buffering and everything and like the post-production work is really great on these. And I think that's, uh, that's part of the, the big appeal. Yeah. So what made you, you know, so this is a labor of love like we do here, right? I mean, 
you know, um, you're a, it, it looks like a film producer or videographer by trade. So, you know, yeah. there's something that you can kind of just fit in on the, between jobs and can keep going for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm working in media and creating video content for almost 10 years now. It's, it's kind of crazy to even think it's been that long, but I have, and making content about magic is something I've always thought about, but I never came up with an idea for something that was different. Like I can do, like I can start tomorrow shooting box opening videos and I can stream <laughs> on arena, you know, I could do yeah. what everybody else is doing, but that doesn't feel interesting to me as a, as a filmmaker. And I don't mean that in like a, I think I'm so great kind of way. It's just not interesting. It's not fun for me to do. So I guess eventually I, um, almost by accident, as I mentioned before, hanging out with Roland, hanging out with you, Zach, and everybody else at GameStoria, I just realized that I had a community of high skill level magic players. And more importantly to me, people that are nice people that I can consider friends and hang out with and have a great time. And I just needed to capture what we were already doing using new camera technology, which is kind of my specialty, my profession. And it just kind of took a life of its own. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the nicest thing anyone said about me in two two or three months. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true, though. <laughs> no, I mean, it is great. I, I, I we, we obviously have a lot of fun doing this and, you know. You know, despite whatever, you know, feelings we have about things at the time, specifically to magic, but it is fun to do it. And like, sorry, I just watched you deck Kevin. I was like, what's happening? There's like two cards in this deck. Um, that was a weird game. Yeah. Um, the hell is that? That was a great Yeah. And if game. you want to watch these cool games that we're talking about, go check out 90s MTG for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. The 360 camera is really great. I mean, it, and can you tell us a little bit of how you set this up? Is it it's on a stand? Like, yeah, so it's on a monopod uh, sitting between two matches. So picture like four play mats. Uh-huh. It's in the center of those four play mats um, on a monopod. So it's filming the entire, well, it's filming the entire room really, but it's seeing both matches play out at the same time. So in post, I'm basically cutting that sphere in half and I get two matches out of it. And then I can move around much like people do when they wear VR goggles. You know, you're looking yeah. around a spherical image. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing for the viewer in a way um, to create the show. I mean, that's that's great. I, I've noticed that, too, like in watching it, that you can like your, your ability to pan and get people, you know, if like, you know, something's kind of off screen or something is really helpful as well. So I mean, this, yeah. is a really, just, this is really just well produced stuff. And uh you know, I'm hope I hope that you're getting some uh, hope that you're getting some traction. Yeah, we I would say we are too, and it's been really cool to hear even Phil telling me that it like he plays it at two times speed and it's great. Like that's something I didn't even consider, and it, it's just so cool to hear people's feedback. Like I have strangers hitting me up, like "Hey, looks awesome. Maybe next time try this and that." Like giving me cool ideas, so. It, it, it's been really fun so far. I'm mean, only like two months in. Yeah. It, another thing that's actually pretty cool with this, which isn't exactly legacy oriented, is if you do something like this uh, and put it in the right spot and you're playing commander, it like picks up everything. That's all four players. Yeah. I mean, that's something I want to try over the long term. Th- this is not just strictly a legacy channel. Um, 
you know, we've only really done legacy so far. I did a little bit of pioneer. And like you mentioned, I have one match with Kevin, which is old school. Wait, um, I, but I want to just Coligans commanded Phil out of a Delver deck. That was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I won that game now, so I think I think I did. <laughs> don't spoil I, it. That's two times. I don't remember, younger. man. I, I I don't know if you know this, but like I I, I have a, a good chunk of games on uh, '90s MTG now, so I don't remember which ones I've won and which ones I've lost. Sorry, sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought it was. No, that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh, you plague engineered him. <laughs> <laughs> plague engineer's yep. got a few wins on the channel for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we want we want to do all the formats. Hey, let let's all four of us play Commander. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Um, yeah. I do I do a meetup with my my like uh, original Magic friends every every couple of months where we get together uh, at somebody's house in our in our dotage and uh, we we play like Commander for the entire weekend and I like keep track of like uh, you know who wins what decks and stuff like that and this is like a neat a neat little idea to like throw in as a, as like just an extra kind of thing that, that we could have access to. So that's, that's pretty cool. Guys, 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 you've seen the dumb shit that I try and brew in legacy. You can't give me a hundred card singleton and expect <laughs> me to be ready at any time in, in the near future. I just realized I really want Phil to build a commander deck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just Phil, I just bought a commander, an entire commander deck today for $30. Wow. Yeah, is I it just, all, is it, is it, how many islands are in it? Uh, well, there's like 14 because it's, it was a $35 deck. <laughs> yeah. More, you need more islands. Yeah. It's uh it was a, it was a three color, like uh, Alesha, the infinite deck, but uh, I saw this like, you know, there, there's so much good content on the internet. Um, especially if you're a budget player, uh, for this sort of stuff. So it just, it's neat to go on those things and just be like, Oh, you know what? I will buy this thing, you know, and, and, and do that. But yeah, you can get into that, uh, relatively che- cheaply, especially if we're going to do it, uh, uh, like in a, in a pod sort of thing. Like next time Phil comes, we should have, we should like, I'll get together with Chris and, and, uh, and do like one commander match. Yeah. I'm definitely down to be, uh, to like for this channel, I'm like down to try any formats that I don't normally play just because I think like tabletop video coverage like this is so much more interesting to watch than arena or moto like i'll watch people play moto like i'll watch people stream and stuff like that's what i'll have on in the background when i'm like you know if i'm by myself having dinner or something like that or if i just want like something in the background while i'm working i'll like put on a a twitch stream but now i'm just like i'd rather have tabletop in the back because i just find it so much more enjoyable to watch I, I gotta say, it also looks infinitely more interesting to to view than what you normally see on uh, on like a you know a four person uh, commander video. Like the, you get to see everybody's faces, the reactions to stuff. That's super cool to me. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. There's one. There's one video where uh, I miss. I, I punt like super hard, and I just like dump my head into my arms. <laughs> you forgot about a Trinisphere. I remember that. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So I. I. I the, 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 essentially, the gameplay was: I have a force of will in my hand, and my opponent casts a Trinisphere, and I'm like, "That's fine. I can play through a Trinisphere. I have enough mana for that. I'll just like force whatever the threat is." And then he follows up with a threat, and I try and force it, and he's like, uh, "No, I have a Trinisphere." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm looking for that one now. I'm, I'm think, sure it's. Is it? Is it Phoenix versus Mono Red Prison? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be February fourteenth okay. on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah, I, 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 I let me just say I wasn't in love with that game. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, I don't know how much you, I don't know what you want to be on them, but these are really nicely produced. I mean, a, a really great thing is that they're so clear. Um, and like, you know, it's like you said, like, I don't have to think that hard about what I'm watching. I don't have to squint that much or zoom in or pause or whatever. This is a really high resolution camera. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, you can see all of Phil's altars. Yeah, that that adds a lot to uh, the show, I think. <laughs> um, they were a long-term plan. Yeah, it was a long-term play. So should we talk about Legacy a little bit while we have you on? Because you're a player of the format. Absolutely. Unless you guys have other questions about... Yeah, let's let's talk about Legacy. Yeah, Bill, so let's start with your story from the weekly. Sure. So uh, just before before we hop in, I just like if, if anybody has any questions about 90s MTG, go subscribe to it or like reach out to any of us. Like we're down to chat about it. Uh, we're trying to build the channel and I think it's going to be um, just like a big part of the community going forward. So wrapping that up. Um, so the story that I have, I have to remember what it was. Hold on. Uh, give me a second. I got there, there, there were a lot of plays. I just got to remember the story that I was I, I, I had and that I was excited about. So this, this was at Game Storia. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the what round. The, oh, 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 oh! So it wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was. It was less of a. a thing. So for some reason, uh, this past weekend at the shop was really quiet. Like there were or there were very few players there, and I think it's because we had a, a vintage one K the day before, and so a bunch of people came out for vintage and then weren't able to come out for the local. Um, but what happened is after a couple of rounds, we go two rounds, and then a bunch of people are like, "All right, I think I'm just going to go." And so people are leaving, and so everybody's like, you know, either splitting or drawing or whatever. So essentially, we don't r- run all four rounds. We run two, and then some people get to run three. But afterwards, um, my uh, Kevin, the owner of the shop, who uh, was borrowing a deck of somebody who was leaving, uh, him and I got paired and because we were 2-0. And he was like, hey, do you want to split? And I was like, not really. And then he was like, oh, I don't have a deck. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a concession to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. then, and then and then everybody was like oh, you guys should play it out and i was like oh yeah i wonder if we play it out and i was like i was playing miracles so i'm like i don't know like i don't have very fast wind conditions like we might just be sitting there staring at it for a while of like me doing nothing which i'm totally down to do and then um chris was uh on top of it he was like no if your opponent starts with no deck during their first draw step they'll lose the game and i was like ah yeah <laughs> uh, but the story was essentially he was like do you want to split or do you want to draw? And I was like, well, what are the values for splitting and drawing? And he's like, well, if we draw, you get 35 in credit. And if we split, you get 40 in credit. And I was like, uh, I guess we'll split. Yeah. (laughs) Seems good. The value play, if I've ever heard one. So for all the time that I think I've never made the correct, I've never chosen the correct line in my magic career. uh, I know now that is forever undone because I definitely took the right line there. Well done. All right. But now we can actually talk about uh, nerd cards. So (laughs) let's talk about. What do you like playing? Let's start there. Yeah. So we can sort of center and everything. Like what decks in Legacy? Um, I like Blue Red Delver or Grixis Delver. I like Delver decks. I like Bulk Control. For a really long time before the Deathrite ban, I played Checkpile like thoroughly. And. it's been a while since I pulled it out, but I really like playing Reanimator too. Cool. All right, Zach. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to 
at least get some input from our guest on what he likes. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's partially partially what I was going to ask. But then the other question uh, I have I have uh, tucked under my belt is uh, how how do you feel about Underworld Breach? Uh, I haven't gotten to play in the last couple of weeks, uh, and I really haven't seen the, uh, any of these decks uh, uh, play with Underworld Breach. But uh, that, that's that's the hot topic uh, right now, as the kids say. Yeah, so I haven't run into it much at all at the locals. Um, I don't play online, which which seems to be where it is just like a plague right now. Just every other match is against the Breach decks, from what I hear. Um, I do remember, though, at the 1K last month, the Legacy 1K last month, David Kaplan, who also plays on our channel, um, was on Blue Red Delver, as was I. We play game one. I win the game. It's like a normal blue red Delver mirror. He sideboards into a, <laughs> a breach. I love this story. And murdered me for two rounds <laughs> for two games straight. Cause I just was not prepared. Like game two, he just like, we're halfway through. Like we both have dread hordes in play or whatever. And then he's just like cast breach. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then he cast brain freeze or whatever, whatever the sequencing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just went off on me. And I was like, Whoa, now how do I sideboard? And I just ended up playing game three with like my hands tied. It was a mess. But uh, yeah, because you don't know. Like I'm sure uh, Dave. Dave is a pretty savvy player. I'm sure he went back to his sideboard in game three to like kind of juke you a little bit. Yeah, he sideboarded out yeah. combo for game three, and so I sideboarded in weird stuff like surgical, which were just dead. Um, it was it was really interesting actually. <laughs> And he, I think he just wrecked people all day with the, the sideboard underworld breach combo. It's probably just better as a game one deck, though, honestly. Yeah, I mean, um, he's trying to be silly, but... He should have gone the other way. He should have gone the other way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Michael Clifford, who we've had on the show, uh, Storm player, posted like a first his first draft of, the under, of his underworld breach list, and it's sideboarded into Splinter Twin. Because <laughs> like, no, no one knew how good the combo was going to be. People had all these weird sideboards. So his sideboard was just like, board out all the breach cards, board in... Ten like four Splinter Twins, four uh, Exarchs, one Pestermite, and one Corridor Monitor. Because Corridor Monitor is an artifact, so you can get both halves of the combo with uh, Enlightened Tutor, which he had in the deck for the Breach. Um, but yeah, I I tried Breach with with uh, Phoenix just as like oh, I'll just I'll just like Phoenix if this doesn't work out because I brain freeze myself to you know to oblivion. But yeah, it's it's really good. I mean I I think it's hard to beat. I I actually want to say that i lost a game against breach as like today or maybe yesterday um where they like literally just like drew breach and won from like nothing but i think they also like they had to like brainstorm into like the they had, no it was brainstorm into like veil and breach off the top but yeah i had like seen their hand because i've been playing a singleton deck in legacy right what deck is that I've been playing Thassa's Oracle uh, Tainted Pact combo. Oh, okay. interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't taken it out of the practice room yet because it's probably really bad, but you're it's rocking, super uh, fun. You rocking Thought Lash in there too? No Thought Lash. That's actually a good idea. There's actually a ton. Like if you like, well, you know how Tainted Pact works, right? Yeah. Do you guys know how Tainted Pact works? Phil, do you know how Tainted Pact works? I don't know where Phil. Went. Do okay. I know how Tainted Pact, dude? Do you, do you know how it works? Of course, yeah. It, okay. it's, it's 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 one in a black, and it's an instant. It, it, it's an instant, and it says that uh, you you uh, I believe you name a card, and then you reveal off the top, and uh, you get to put that card into your hand as long as it 
as no two cards of the same name are revealed? You don't have to name the card. So you can just you just search for whatever you want. It's basically like a tutor, or but you make the decision as you go. Hold on. So the idea there's there's two tainted packs. Everything else is a singleton, including lands. Um, okay, then, so I I got the oracle. All right, yeah. one in a black instant exile the top card of your library. You may put that card into your hand unless it has the same name as another card exiled this way. Repeat this process until you put a card into your hand or you exile two cards with the same name, whichever comes first. Right. So I've got two tainted packs and then everything's a one of. And then I have a spell seeker and a cunning wish with another tainted pack in the sideboard. So it's sort of like having four. Okay. And so basically you tainted pack for Thassa's Oracle and then, you know, try and, you know, draw into the other tainted pack. Yeah. Um, so just just to be clear for people. When when you tainted pack, it's not like you go into your your deck to to tutor something. It, you're exiling the top card, and then that's the card that you can put into your hand, or you can repeat the process and exile another card, and you get to continue that until two cards of the same name are revealed. So you have to, the deck building constraint is you can't have any two cards of the same name, but you get to have two tainted packs because if you cast one, then your deck is all singletons. I did think about putting in a second Thassa's Oracle. Wow, you are a gambling man. I mean, why not just put in, uh, like, uh, what's it called, uh, Jace, uh, Wielder of Mysteries, or, uh, or uh, what's it called? Uh, Labyrinth Maniac. Yeah. I should probably do that. Maybe that will help. Yeah, anyway, that, no, that, I was just, I was just saying, that was what I was playing missing, when I got, I like. but, I was, I, but the, the point is, I had this, like, Esper deck, so I've got, like, it's an Esper deck, so I've got, um, like, some, like, one of each discard spell, one of each counter spell, basically, so I've got, like, enough stuff to deal with Breach. And I'd seen their hand because I'd like to rest them or something. And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, all I have to do is like not die this turn. And they go brainstorm. And I said, okay. And then it was like, fail summer breach, you're dead. I'm like, oh, all right. Nate, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious, tainted? Where, did, where did you come up with the tainted pact? Uh, I have I have my, uh, my offhand guess that uh, this is... Uh, this is tangential to something else, but I, I'd like to know where you came up with the tainted pact idea. Well, people have tried Tainted Pact as like a control deck in Legacy occasionally, and sometimes people 5 0 with it. So that puts it on your radar. But it's basically like there's no demonic consultation. Well, oh, so Brian Hockey, our friend, you know, from the vintage community, right? Uh, he built a singleton deck for our vintage tournament this weekend. And I said, you should put a Tainted Pact in here. And okay. he's like, oh, yeah, I should do that. But it's like, the thing is like, uh, Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation is like a hot way to win in Vintage right now. There's no Demonic yeah. Consultation Legacy. This is the closest thing, other than Divining Witch, but um, I think this is easier, like somewhat easier to pull off. But when you build a Singleton deck, it's really weird. Like, I didn't realize until today I could put the card Wishclaw Talisman into my deck. Like, I was like, oh, that's a black card. <laughs> then, yeah. like, we'll just find half of my combo. Probably should do that. So but where I thought you might have gotten this from is, um, I don't know how many people are hip to the concept of CEDH, but this is a big deal in like almost every CEDH deck. Uh, Tainted Pact is like, you know, if you're playing black and Thassa's Oracle, uh, you have Tainted Pact in your deck as well. And I just assumed that maybe that was from that. No, and but I did think about that, and now I know why Tainted Pact is forty dollars. Yes, that is actually <laughs> yeah. It, it just it went up in uh, in price like a crazy, crazy amount. Yeah. Okay. But um, but I've I've been having so much fun with Legacy. I really have. Even if I haven't been having fun, like even if like. Not all the games are fun. Like the deck building is a lot of fun with these like Theros cards. So, I mean, I don't know. Breach is probably too good. 
and everything, but like, man, it's it's fun to play with at least. Like you just put a breach in Reno decks and it's fun. <laughs> Chris, what's the what's the most unique card you've brewed with in the last X months? Whoa, put me on the spot. That's a tough question. Um hmm. I don't know. I did really like this has nothing to do with me, but I did really like chill in your blue X deck sideboards. And you dropped it against me once against my blue red Delver deck, and it did some work. That was really spicy. Uh, yeah, for everybody who doesn't know, chill is oh, an enchantment for one in a blue that just says red spells cost two more to play. Yes. I do know also I was running Brazen Borrower before that was a thing. Like, as soon as that deck was legal, I was like, okay, this needs to go on all my decks now. I love that card. I wish I would have been ahead of the curve on that because that's a $40 card I can't deal with right now. Banoosh, <laughs> you, you run the showcase version or the regular version? I got the showcase, non-foil. Oh, yeah. See, we, our boys got class. <laughs> that's actually a good card for my deck, too. I should put that in the deck. I have one of everything in. I Can I Cunning Wish for that? So Can I Cunning Wish for Brazen Borrower? Or no? No. Well, it's not an instant, right? It's a it's a sorcery anyhow, right? No, no it's it considered it it's instant. considered a creature in every zone that isn't on the stack as there. cast as an instant. Yeah. Um, I think the spiciest card I've ever quote unquote brewed with in the sideboard was Gilded Drake. <laughs> That's a good one. Nate Nate got to see some pretty spicy Gilded Drake action at a at a duel for duels event we went to. Yeah. Right. Gilded Drake's also <laughs> a bajillion dollars. Yeah. Same reason that CDH, uh, it was already expensive, but CDH ju- uh, jumped it in price over the last two months. $75 on the reserve list? Yes. I got that at GP Philadelphia during Return to Ravnica because I was like, I need this for my Merfolk deck. <laughs> yeah. You know, if they, they could just reprint. I mean, I know it's on the reserve list, but they could just reprint Gilded Drake, but make it have different stats literally any yeah it, it, it just like it's a two mana like old switcheroo kind of card a two mana three three flyer but it's got great flavor text so everybody knows what gilded drake does when you when it etbs you exchange control of it with a creature one of your opponents has um and the flavor text is buyer beware that's good with stifle <laughs> it's a yeah it's good with stifle it's a three mana three three yeah dude Dude, or, yeah, two, or you get two, your opponent's much bigger creature. You could play two cards. You could, yeah, you could cast this and get a three mana three three for three mana and two cards, or you could play Delver of Secrets. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, th- it, it was a uh, it was an, an interesting kind of not not as well known card like seven years ago, uh, but now like it's yeah it, I think everyone knows what's up with this card. I was All even right. playing. Oh, uh, oh. Over under sixty percent that they reprint a Gilded Drake variant in the next set, uh, Ikoria or whatever. Oh, I would say no chance. Well, no chance. They guess they reprinted Donate or whatever. They made a <laughs> yeah, they did, they did. So they the, did gil- the new Gilded Drake would be red. Is that the deal? <laughs> the, new, the new Gilded, yeah. Because oh no, wait, Oko is just the new Gilded Drake. <laughs> you have a right? three. <laughs> oh wow, that's true. Yeah, you exchange your three three. Yeah. Do you guys still feel like Oko is a is an issue in legacy or is he kind of just been washed over? I don't think it's an issue. I just think he's boring. I think it is boring for sure. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think on a power level, he's an issue. I think he's just boring. (laughs) I mean, that's what you play in that, in that slot, right? Like, yeah, I think, I think at three mana, like it's, and I know, I know that uh, Nate's going to 
roast me for this, but I think at three mana, there's very few cards that I would consider banning. Um, okay. I, I think that there, I think that like, you know, most of the time these cards just lose to days when you're casting them. Uh, and you know, that's why I think true nemesis is, is like, it's not great, but it's like, whatever, it's just on the board. Um, it, I think it, the only, the only issue, the only issue with three mana cards like this is if, uh, if you're in those colors, like, let's say you're playing blue and you can, you have the splash in legacy to, to splash for anything that you want. Cause it's free. Cause fetch lands. Mm-hmm. So like if you, if, if, if at three mana in, in one of those colors, like if all green decks in their three mana slot are just splashing blue for Oko and vice versa for blue decks, splashing green. And there's no other comp. It's just, you, it's unanimously the best card, no matter what. Just because yeah. I mean, that becomes the death right problem. Yeah, that that's the part where it becomes, in my mind, a, an actual issue. But right now, I feel like Oko is just like a generically powerful busted mythic that they made a mistake on, and that's like you know transgressive stuff needs a place to live. But I don't think it's too powerful for the format. I just think it's boring. I think that it's it. I, I, I sort of like would would take that say like that is sort of a problem in a way, just because like. Right now, I think what's keeping Oko from being super oppressive is the fact that Underworld Breach is legal, and that's a thing that really doesn't care about Oko, right? And sure. it's possible – my, my feeling is that if Underworld Breach does get whacked or something or somehow taken down a notch, um, uh, that the next best thing to be doing would just be to like play Oko mid-range decks, and I don't think that's a very enjoyable or interesting format. Um, and I think that like underworld, like it's not like the Oko decks can't beat combo, right? It's not like you're just like, I don't know. I just, I just don't like the idea of like, if I want to play a third turn, I have to play this card, right? Otherwise my goal is just not play a third turn, you know? And I kind of feel like that's the problem right now. Like a lot of the lone players are playing Oko and I played it and I just, it's so unenjoyable to play on either side. It's just, it's just so horrible. And it, it's also just like it, 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 the deck I was building, right? So I've got this idea for this Thassa's Oracle deck, and I was like, oh, maybe I should play. I don't know what to play in it, right? I knew I was going to play Thassa's Oracle and Tainted Pack, so I knew black and blue. And I was like, okay, well, if I play green, I can play Oko. And I was like, I bet a bunch of my games will just be Tainted Packed for Oko end of, end of turn two, untap turn three, play Oko, and that's the end of the game, you know? And while that might win more games than what I've been playing, it's just it's just so it's just so unenjoyable. I don't think that. I mean, I don't think Oko should get transgressive uh, permission, like you know something that's been around for twenty years. But that's just me. What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah. I mean, Sam Rukas, who was on the previous show, um, I played against him at the Legacy One K at Game Story last month, and he had um, a game where he played Oko like three turns in a row against me. I counted the first two and then he just lands one. And I felt like that, that meme of that old man, that's just like, I guess I'll die. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. Like from that moment that he landed the Oko finally forward, the game just, he just overwhelmed me with elks and foods is just miserable. The card is miserable. And, you know, I, I had the unfortunate, um, experience of playing other formats that he was legal in for a while. I played Bant Snow with Oko in uh, Modern. That was just terrible. Like, the mirror match of that was just miserable. Right, Shaman, again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think, uh, I mean, I think that if Death Right Shaman and Ren and Six had to be banned, I don't see why Oko get, should get any more. There's nothing, there's nothing remotely close to, to that in terms of, like, it pulls you into that so much. I, 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 uh, I just, like, it's so, it's so efficient, and it's just, even once it's on the, once it's on the table, it's criminally efficient, because there's no minus that matters, right? Yeah. I, I fuck, what was I, I forget what, oh, oh, I guess, like, another way to, like, a thing is, like, I beat it by like having another backdoor combo in my deck. I think I played against some Oko deck in the practice room and won. But both times it was like because like I just like won in a single turn with my Thassa's Oracle trickery, you know? Yeah. Like that's that's not really like it, it just seems like that weird binary choice of like, well, I better have a way to win in one turn without this untapping. Like I just, I just hate I just kinda of don't like that. It's not a fun experience. I guess that happens a lot of times, but Oko's so Oko's got no deck building cost, right? Like if someone goes like Entomb, reanimate, uh, you know. Um, I mean, Grizzle Brand is, doesn't have to untap, but like something has to untap. I don't know. Um, Tide Spout Tyrant, like you're probably still dead, but like at least you don't, at least, you know, there's some like they gave up something. They gave up like two cards to get this thing into play and you could like swords it or something. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the actual like generic issue of Oko's Power Creep is that he is the best. He is both the best answer, the best threat, and the best prison piece because he just like stops everything. So he's he's just the best on every axis. There's just no axis to actually beat him down on, other than playing a game that just objectively wants to ignore him. So, like, yes, that's an issue. I mean, it, yeah, you're right. If if like these new busted combo cards didn't enter the format, if we looked at like GP Bologna, where you know there were there were what twenty eight. How many copies were in the top eight of that GP? Like 28 copies of Oko or something like that? Like, it's possible that the conversation, instead of being about Breach, would just continue to be about Oko. And then, you know, if there's enough pizza sent over, then, like, maybe they take some action. But at the same time, like, I'm cool with bans not happening and people just trying some new stuff out to to see if they can can solve the problems. Um, Four out of eight decks played Oko. For how many total copies? 16. Um, oh. four out of eight. Yeah, 60. Uh, let's see. 16. 16. Over. 16. 16. Oh, okay. Two. Okay. You, you 16 copies. Like, 60, 60 copies of Oka. <laughs> Wait, it was, it was only the top four? No, it was four out of eight. So the, 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 um, the finals was Bant Miracles versus Bug Zenith. Which was seven copies. Third place was Bug Delve. So another one got the semi. So three of the top four, and then uh, Andrea Mangucci was in eighth as well. Um, what were the other decks? The other four decks in that top eight were Blue Red Delver, Sneak and Show, White Eldrazi, and Dredge. But it's oh, Blue that's right. Red okay, Dredge. yeah, they, they were they were they were decks that weren't in Oko's colors. Yeah. So it was less a style Sweet. choice and more I, this card can't actually be in this deck. Yeah, I like that. Like at the end of the day, Oko is it, it makes it so everything is just becomes a mid range du jour. So it's like the top two decks, which were like Miracle mid range, and then like Course of Crew Fix mid range. <laughs> like, That's the thing, though. I feel like I feel like Miracle. Like the the band Miracle sort of like has lost its identity a bit as a Miracles deck by virtue of now playing like Oko. You know, it's just kind of like uh, you know three terminus. Like it's, it's just you know I don't know. 
But I actually think that you like, I, I've like, I played a, just a straight blue white version, uh, against, uh, Chris on Monday. And, uh, I think you can get, you can get away with three terminus now that you have mystic sanctuary. Oh yeah. Maybe that's why. So like I, you kind of just get to free up a slot because you're just like, Oh, well the second I find a terminus, then every fetch land is also a terminus. Right. Well, it does. So. It does seem that. I mean, I, by the way, I was looking through our uh, Austin. I haven't played Austin Legacy. I feel kind of bad, but I've been playing so much vintage since I moved here. Um, here's some of the like meta. Like, but they post a meta report uh, in the Austin Legacy group. Uh, Reanimator, Model Red, John, Bant, Miracle, Underworld Breach, Blue White Stoneblade, Alarian, Mavericks. That's probably like two Oko decks. And Reanimator DNT Food Chain would be another good deck. Another Dude, I saw there was Snoko, a Natural Order. That seems kind of cool. At the locals, though, <laughs> there were um, uh, Alex was playing Elves with four Oko. Yeah, that was pretty. He's like, oh yeah, like I have I have eleven mana accelerants. I'm just gonna slam turn two Okos. Yeah. And then you lose your identity as the elf deck. I don't know. I just, just everything's just. Oh, well, I guess it's like yeah. Worst case scenario, I play Oko on turn two, <laughs> right? So yeah, he was able to turn off my Graft Digger's Cage one time with Oko, and then Green Sun Zenith. So it's pretty good in the elf deck. Here's he Oko to, to to ruin my. Uh, he uh, turned my Gta into an elk. <laughs> Here's a meta report for you guys from. This is from Pat's Games on Saturday. Reanimator, Reanimator, Elves, Elves, Storm, Five Color, Snow, Oko, Mono Red, Humans Burn, which is interesting. Blue White Stoneblade, Death and Taxes, and Junk. I should really start playing Legacy and Paper. Here's Bug Stifle Knot, Oops All Spells. That's two from a Thursday there. Let's get that for you, Phil. You know, I actually think that like the 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 list that with, if there's all kinds of crazy shenanigans going on right now, the, the, the thing that I actually want to be doing is uh, Paradigm Shift uh, Thassa's Oracle. Like, that's that's just like, we have all of this stuff, and you could just be like, I don't know, flip your library over and then just play the play the Oracle. Should, like, I, put I, Paradigm, should I put Paradigm Shift in my deck? Yeah, <laughs> dude, obviously. In. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Paradigm just, Shift is so, like the, the idea that like you can just have. I, I can't believe that card at the rate that like it's just an insane rate. Just one in a blue, get rid of your library, just Jace Ultimate yourself for two mana. It's just nuts, and I I, I think like there's there's there has to be a combo out there where you have like both pieces are the same CMC, so like you can muddle for them, and I don't know. As as as, the, as, the, as <laughs> what's up? I should put that in my deck too. Yeah, muddle the mixture, and every transmute card that's playable should definitely be in your deck. You should put uh, Disciple of Deceit in your deck for sure. Disciple of Deceit. Oh, oh, I know what card that is. So it's like the, the thing it untaps, and you and you. It has it has inspire, and every time you inspire, you can just turn every card into your hand into a transmute card for its CMC. <laughs> So yeah, no, unfortunately, you can't discard it. land, so you can't just like you know have free zeros. But you know you untap it, and then you discard a two drop and go get another two drop, and it's pretty sweet. These are all commander cards. 
Yeah, I should buy nah, dog. I should just make this one. I should just make this into a commander deck. <laughs> I mean, it's probably never going to be a good legacy deck, but it is fun. Maybe Dude, make I, I want you to like you guys. We have to be honest with ourselves and understand that like legacy is really, really, really close to just being EDH. Like if we had access to the command zone, <laughs> but it was oh, legacy, get out of here. Like the formats would be functionally the same. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, did, I did think about like I wanted to add all these cards and I couldn't figure out what to cut and it's weird when you have like all singletons like trying to figure out which singleton is better than the other singletons and then I briefly like my, my brain went to like maybe I should just make this a battle of wits deck too so I have 250 <laughs> unique cards <laughs> but do you guys want to know I'll, I'll tell you like if, 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 we were, if we're talking spicy cards you know what came in the mail from me earlier today Huh? my set of abjures arrived Oh, your abjures, yes. Chris, do you know what abjure is? I don't actually. But oh, I remember dude. the art. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's uh, it's uh, an instant. It costs blue, and its text is: as an additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a blue permanent counter target spell. So what's the what? What are you doing with that? I'm you glad you're asked. countering. You're countering the spell. <laughs> what you're doing, Chris? You're, you, you counter a spell. <laughs> No, he's going to use it with hatching plans. Do you know what hatching plans is, Chris? <laughs> is that the one where it just has an ability when it dies, you draw three? Yes. Yes, indeed it is. It's a I one remember that it's, card. It's, it's a two-mana enchantment, and it's blue, and it says when it dies, you get to draw three cards. You get to Ancestral when it dies. I just realized why Abjur was printed, Zach. It's in the uh, why same, it was printed? Because it's in the same set as Noble Benefactor. Ah, so you could sacrifice your, your noble, noble benefactor. benefactor. Yeah, I thought you were gonna tell me something way more f- convoluted than that, like uh, because because like evocation, transmute, and uh, necromancy were printed in the same set. These <laughs> no, are all schools that of magic sense? and dungeon they dragons. Out. They tap out. You counter their thing for one mana and tutor, and then <laughs> I guess they tutor and, too. But you do. And then and then what? They get a card out of they, that? Yeah, I don't know. They should have made it. <laughs> She played my searches of her library for any one card. So you can't turn off Noble Benefactor with Ashiok, right? Because you control the effect. Yeah, I think that's correct. Should I play Noble Benefactor in my deck with uh, Cabal Therapy? <laughs> no. It's like a weird Wishclaw Talisman that can attack. Ooh, that's actually a good way of putting it. It is a weird Wishclaw Talisman <laughs> that can attack. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was the, like, back in the day, uh, Academy Rector, right? Like, you, you would attack with Academy Rector and get through every time. Yeah, you no one wants you to put Yawgmoth's Bargain onto the table. Yeah. The real secret to uh, a good Abjur deck is we have to find the, the blue permanent that costs one. So you can just have Abjur up uh, on turn two. You can sack your blue fairy tokens from Improbable Alliance. There you go. Oh, that's sweet. See now, see. Welcome to the cast, Chris. See now you're now you're, now you're talking our language. Now you're talking our language, Chris. How often have you thought to yourself, man, I could play Delver and I could also just play Standstill with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what there was a file where I was getting roasted every week for showing up with a Standstill deck, but I did pretty well with it. And yeah, we, we should probably go back and actually build just the, the cleanest 75 you can build in standstill these days. 
It's a Merfolk deck. It's definitely an Oko deck. <laughs> it is oh, it's definitely, definitely an Oko deck. deck. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. <laughs> just getting destroyed. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just know you should just scoop. You're not going to win. But <laughs> can you yeah. do? Ch- oh, can you do like Mox Diamond Chalice Standstill Oko? That. <laughs> well, I mean, you you don't want to you don't want to be the only one that's sequencing those spells, but. Yeah, I think you need in standstill decks like swords and brainstorms and all that. I don't think chalice would be very good, but I don't know. I don't I mean, know. Well, you need a lot of lands. I always wanted to play Mox Diamond in my standstill decks because you always have extra lands because you played the Mistress Factories. And I was like, I should probably play. But then you play so many mana sources that your standstills are terrible. You just draw like a bunch of Mox Diamonds. Like it just sucks. I don't. I, I think it sucks honestly, to draw these two hundred and fifty dollars cards. I know. We should definitely just be on the, uh, you know, 4X Notion Thief standstill deck. Yeah, that was always the plan. Like, flash in Notion Thief, end of their turn, standstill, Gataxian Probe. <laughs> so you just draw four cards for free on your, for, or I guess for two mana and two life. I mean, if you th- if, if you think about it, Abdra Hatching Plans is just draw four. <laughs> draw four. <laughs> yeah because I'm, I'm countering their spell and then i'm also drawing three so you know but you can also use it. omen of the sea the new preordained oh my god banushi oh. is on his game he is on top of his game that was yeah, actually you kind of neat dude you yeah f- you flash it in and then you have agile oh banu so good so good dude i i i hope you're cool like knowing that you and I, you and I are going to play, and I'm just going to be pumping out mono blue abjure nonsense <laughs> for for 90s MTG at our local, and you're going to be like, God damn it! Like, <laughs> like that's my idea. Yeah. This is the, this like, is the I, content I, people did not come here for. <laughs> I caused for this. Yeah, put it on 90s MTG. That's that's actual 90s MTG. Abjure came out in 1996. Yeah. Oh my God. This notes and rules. Hold on a second. Notes and rules information for abjure. There's uh-huh. one note. Do you know what it is? No. You can't sacrifice um, more than one permanent. <laughs> oh. Nice. But that's because I think I know why. Because um it's got that weatherlight text where it's where it just says sacrifice. Oh, the colon. colon. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it has it as a colon. Like back when if you uh if you did it and it was countered, you still lost whatever that cost is. So like on meditate it says skip your turn colon. Uh, and so if it was countered, you still had to skip your next turn because people were looking at it as though it was a cost because Nowadays, you can always tell if something's a cost if it has a colon. Hold on a second. Is that... No, actually, Meditate does not work like that now, which means... Yeah, no, they fixed it. No, if, they, they... If you counter it, then you don't skip your turn. Right, but if you counter Abjure, you still have sacrificed the thing because it's additional cost. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's different. But they're like, templated the, the same, so right. I think Meditate should... You should lose your turn. I think we <laughs> should stop trying to punish... Fun cards. What, high tide players? <laughs> if only they still played Meditate, they just play Oko now. Dude, no. I, dude, the, the sickest versions of uh, high tide were the the, the 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 4X predict builds. That shit was hot. I'm just looking to see what other what other uh, sacrifice outlets. For Yo, that's it, like, like, it's tough because like there aren't very many blue permanents that you want to sack. But man, instant speed preordain is, is a good one. And you can also run Thirst for Meeting, and you can run Hatching Plans, so you have multiple 
enchantment so you could discard. Dude, why are you red? What are you doing running Delver? (laughs) Yeah, this is genius stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you you got you got a you got a brain for this stuff, and you're over here casting three twos. Yeah, you you might be right. Maybe I'm missing my opportunity. I don't know. Psychic vortex, you probably, but you could just cube it above. Keep that. Well, I guess with Abjur, you could you would no. You discard your hand, so it doesn't work with Abjur. Okay, that's not, that card's not it. You want to know what I thought would be sick? And this was this was a straight thing uh, for Zach was you're playing Abjur, and you just uh, once they've like built back up off of a standstill, or not a standstill, a uh, stasis. And you're just like, yeah, counter that thing, sack my stasis, untap, play my fat thing, play another stasis, kill you. <laughs> so we've tried we've tried that as stasis players before, and what happens is they never cast anything, and then you're just stuck with the stasis that taps you out, as opposed to like playing uh, despotic scepter or uh, something like your claws of Gix. Well, shit that on was- my dreams, why don't yeah, you? Sorry, sorry. I mean, it's it's not a bad plan. It's just that it, it it's it's been tried, and they're they. Quickly printed cards that were just better and more reliable. Wait, Watsy printed better cards? Better than sack Abjur? outlets? Yeah, better, uh, better sack outlets. I don't know. That's a, that sounds suspect to me. Claws of Gix, man. That card's bonkers. can also try a Painter's combo deck with Abjur after you turn everything blue. You run Pyroblast. You run <laughs> I definitely said that. <laughs> Right? Didn't I say that? He goes, Painter, you can sacrifice anything? Oh, oh yeah, you said dude. that already? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just being no, like, no, it's like just funny because like that's the kind of bullshit that we send each other. Oh. I just run Painter, yeah. so you can sacrifice a land to your Abjur. Oh, yeah. I, 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 was, I was drawn into that plan where I was like, oh, man, I can, like, Trinket Mage for my Grindstone and then just Abjur, sack the Trinket Mage, and then untap. and <laughs> <laughs> It's like all this value. Yeah, that's just good. That's just good deck building. After yeah, it's going to be twenty dollars next week. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, Let's like we, we, we were talking about all these old <laughs> cards that are just like these, just insanely costed cards with like actually relevant abilities. But there's like some weird clause, like sacrifice a blue permanent that like nobody took the time to figure out, and they're just like these cards sitting at like sixty cents each. And then like the second somebody finds literal anything, because I was saying if you play Adger, Snapcaster Adger is just cancel. <laughs> <laughs> that caster after is just canceled yes but it also is is it better than spell pierce because it just counters a spell right that's the question you never know would you rather have a cancel or a freaking uh spell pierce against that oko with five lands up you know it's worth it <laughs> i mean i just think that like abject like oh man if you have how do okay so how do we we have all this shit that we're sacking with abjur but then we also have Mystical Sanctuary to put Abjur back on top of our library. God damn. Oh. Okay, we should probably we should probably wrap it up. Going going off on weird combos. Um yeah, well uh Chris, thanks so much for coming this week, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Really yeah, happy. Man. To we'll get you, we'll get you back on again soon too. Thank you. Yep, and uh, you know, um, again, it's nineties MTG on YouTube and Twitter and you'll, you post, usually post them on Reddit as well. And, uh, I hope uh, people take, you know, you should definitely take the chance to watch them on, on two X speed as, as Phil suggests. I think that's, uh, that was really clever because I watched like three of them while we were talking and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I quick, a quick shout out to all our, uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, really appreciate you guys, uh, helping us out. Uh, that money goes towards, 
Uh, well, I just got so I, I I'd been uh, complaining to uh, the other the other fellows on the cast that I uh, broke I spilled a bunch of stuff on my keyboard and uh, yesterday while Nate and I were uh, doing the cast I bought a new keyboard it came in the mail today it it was a twelve dollar keyboard but uh, your money went directly to making me be able to do the podcast again so that's always good um, but also, uh, you fun, know fun fun tidbit uh, this cast is almost going to be twice as long as it took for the entire 40K Missouri uh, Legacy event to fill up uh, to cap. Oh, man, yeah. And did you guys get into that? No. No? I'm not even on the list. I'm that far back. Nate, do you know what deck you're going to play? Do I know what deck I'm going to play in September? It's February. Yeah, just assume assume that there's not going to be anything playable in in the new sets. Assume there's not going to be anything playable. Yeah, yeah. Sense. There's never anything playable in new sets, Nate. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, I'll, I'll, I got I to gotta buy all these single sets. Now I got to buy like $120 worth of uh, tainted packs. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> to play in paper. <laughs> no, dude, you I'm only sure. need two. You only need two. Uh, I had the third one for Cunning Wish. Oh, wow. Third one for Cunning Wish. You gambler. Yeah. All right. Cunning Wish. All right, is well... <laughs> It's so good. All your card is Singleton. Yes, thank you. I think I think we've run out of things to say at this point. Uh, everyone, uh, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you see you next Monday. Thanks, everyone. Okay, have, a week. have a good week, everyone. Silence at me. Then they milled their whole library. Now they're playing the same LED. Now I'm getting hit with brain freeze. Life's gotta always be messing with me. Why do I play this game? I thought a row was free victories. I must be insane. What's the point of trying to play fair?
This card is bullshit. <laughs>